0: in A wild a couple of weeks. We just flew in from Denver, played two shows there, opening for Altery, and now I'm just taking it easy. About to regroup with the band, and tomorrow we have our show here.
1: Yeah, so tomorrow <clears throat> you're kicking off Sirius XM's Alt Nation Advanced Placement Tour. Being selected by Sirius, what significance does that have for you, if any?
0: Uh, it has a lot of significance. I mean, you know, they've really helped us a lot on the radio front and, you know, you know, they put a freak like me in advance placement and, you know, it got added to the, to the station and then, you know, got a lot of other plays based off of that. So with that tour, I think, you know, we're hoping for them to also, you know, push some more songs and, and, and just be part of, you know, be part of a tour that has like a building crowd, be able to convert fans. You know, travel the country, also just get the band a little tighter, um, you know, have that road experience, and, you know, there's a lot of, lot of things coming together, I think, that will be really beneficial for, for this year, and also my headline tour end of the year to,
1: like, build in certain markets, you know. <laughs> You've also got a full live female band, right? Was that done as a yeah. statement? Or tell me about how you went about putting the band together.
0: So when we started the project, I was in the process of re, you know regrouping anyways with the band, and it all kind of happened step by step, where you know we started you know, I started writing these songs, and then my manager pointed out that they're all about women, and you know, you know, I identify as a feminist myself, so it was I don't know who said it, but you know, at some point we just came up with the idea like, what if we did an all-female band? and uh it just it just made sense and i thought it was really cool i i had met a lot of them prior and they were great players and i didn't have to audition people really um so i'm i'm glad that we you know there wasn't we didn't have to go through a lot of trouble to find amazing players who are women and i don't choose them over men just because they're women but they are actually fantastic fantastic musicians so i'm glad to be playing with them
1: What's that dynamic like on stage playing with your band? How do you try to engage the crowd and engage your band when you're playing live?
0: Well, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm very energetic on stage. Like I run around a lot. I'm never still, and you know, I jump into the crowd and I just have fun, man. I, I, it's almost like a party and I'm kind of just being very social, you know, like I engage with the drummer you know, I'll lean into the guitar player and and roll on the floor. Like, it's just, <laughs> I don't know, it's just, it's just the show, you know. And I feel like the audience is part of that.
1: For you, did your love of music come from finding out that you liked to perform, or did it start with writing music that really sucked you in?
0: Uh, definitely writing. I uh, started on classical piano when I was a kid, and I was always kind of a awkward band kid, you know, I I never thought of myself as a stage performer to till, till a way in the college and I wanted to be a producer and a composer, kind of be more behind the scenes but, you know, as, as my music developed and, and progressed at some point, it, it just felt right to present it in a live setting and then the first shows didn't go that well and I had to like, you know, I had to just really buckle down and then work on it, and I think I, I just grew into being a performer. But I, I, I definitely liked the tension, even, even when I was younger. You know, I liked doing a piano recital or something like that. But it was, it was later in life that I considered
1: myself a frontman. You know, that wasn't part of the plan. You've got a really interesting story of how you got to the United States. So you're from Germany, and you took a one-way mm. flight to the United States. What was it about the US or was it something about Germany that made you want to uproot your life and stay here?
0: Well, my you know, my mom's American and although I've never lived here like that, that presence and 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 you know, pop culture is, is so big in Europe and everything. It was just something that I always wanted even as a kid, I think most of us where I grew up, um we always wanted to live in the u s and be close to American. and when an American kid came to town, it was like you know exciting, you know and for also for the the type of music I wanted to make and the ambitions that I had, it was just a really good environment it's It's just been something I always wanted, but it's not that that necessarily I, I didn't like Germany. It was just hard for me to pursue what I wanted to do you know people were into different music and the process the industry felt a bit stagnant so um, I just I just needed a change of, of, of scenery and the US was like the easiest you know it was like a no-brainer for me
1: what sort of gave you your start in music that kind of pushed you to make it a career
0: mm, I would say the first point was this musical I was I was working with, and and that was the first time that somebody actually paid me cash for for my production, and that was the first time I realized like wow this this could be a thing I think I I really want to be a producer, and it wasn't just it wasn't just like a dream it was like tangible I was like wow I I, I can do this people want to pay me for for my work and then when I came to the U S it became more the chase, you know, it became more of like a starving artist kind of thing. But I I definitely had like a goal in mind, you know, I wasn't sure how I exactly fit to the music industry. It was just, I knew I had to be creative. I knew I had to somehow make music and sustain myself doing that. Like everything else didn't really interest me.
1: And going through that early phase, that starving artist phase, can you describe to me what that's like when you're trying to make things happen and and what you're doing to try and make things happen
0: it's it's I mean it's tough you know it's like it's just almost like this self imposed poverty you know where you're just like, man, maybe I should do this and maybe I should do this for money or it's hard, so you kind of you kind of do this fine dance between trying to make a little bit of money off of music and then taking that and stretching that as far as you can to do what you really love, like the kind of music you want to make. So I was, I was just trying anything to be in the music business. You know, I, I tried to apply for internships. I played, played jazz at, at bars. Like I, I, I would busk in the street with my guitar or, or see the backups produce for people, mix for people. Um, to you know, give lessons like any anything. I I was just trying to be like, okay, everything that was music related, let me do that, and um, and then where I can't make enough money, I would substitute that with like a, a, another job. So like, I would have like a day kind of a day job, and then like another gig, maybe promoting or selling tickets or something. You know, so I I definitely had a lot a lot of jobs at once, and, and would always try to make time to busk and still still pursue my career and then slowly you find people recognize you and you get a shot at something, they bike to a studio or you get a DJ gig and you know you kind of ease your way in. But it took me about two, three years to really, so it took me about four, four years from coming to the US to be able to say I'm doing it full time,
1: you know. And what was that br- uh, moment? What was that, you know, aha moment where you got your break?
0: My break from from having a day job
1: to yeah, when you could music. finally pursue it full time. What was that break?
0: That was okay. So the exact thing that pushed me over the edge was me getting fired as a barista at a yoga place, and I was really worried, but I had already built somewhat of a clientele of people who I would produce as a uh, at an hourly rate. So it was just like. Up and coming, like people uh, in Hollywood in LA, they would just need production in there. They needed mixing, so I would just charge like fifteen, twenty bucks an hour. And when I got fired, I was like, okay, let me not go out and find another job. Let me see how far I can take this. Let me network. Let me see how many people I can find that will want me to produce or or find more scoring gigs. I was I'm I'm, I'm really into that still, and and that was it. And then you know, the first month was really tough. But I still managed to pay rent. The second month was as tough. And then the third, it got a little easier. Now I had a little bit more time to also work on my stuff. And then it kind of snowballed. You know, next thing you know, you have more people wanting, you you know, needing your work than you can actually, you know, accommodate. So you can charge more money and then you have even more time. And then slowly my record started to, you know, take off. And it kind of all happened at once, you know
1: yeah I'm sure it snowballs and sort of gets you know unmanageable or it starts to suck up all of your time really quickly
0: yeah well i was i was sustaining myself but i was breaking even and i i kind of felt like I made it but it it still it was it was it was like a grind you know it was like a real grind and it wasn't as much fun but i was living off music and then when I released more records and then i started to then I released California Girls, which went, you know, somewhat viral. And that's when I started getting like actual royalty checks that started paying bills. and oh, That was like, I, I think I cried actually. Yeah, definitely. Like when I got my first royalty check from, from California Girls, it was like from being like so broke to having just like four grand just like in mail. It was just like, oh my God, this is fucking crazy.
1: <laughs> that's really cool I would never have imagined that getting fired from somewhere would be the catalyst to spark a career like that
0: oh huge huge I'm so glad that I didn't you know get caught back up in there and start working in H&M H&M whatever because you, sometimes you rest also in that you know
1: certainly and yeah it, you could wonderful. totally just kind of sit on your laurels
0: totally yeah and it's, it's that's a hard thing I think as an artist is to like Recognize how much of this pursuit is is realistic within within the dream of you know making art and sustaining yourself. You know, like I think a lot of us have that mentality. Or I meet musicians that are like, hey, I I'm, I'm going to quit my job and just see how far I can get with music. And you have to also be careful. You know what I mean? You can't just say it. It has to just it has to also somewhat there has to be a hint. You know that that it makes sense, like in my case, I was already making half of my money from music, so I knew that if I really kicked my own ass, I could probably push it, but it wasn't like I just had nothing, and then I was just like, "Well, fuck it, let me just quit my job and see what happens you know because that happens as well, and then a lot of my friends end up broke or losing their losing their place or having to go back home so Kind of knowing yourself, you know, and knowing the industry and your also what you provide is is really important.